Welcome to As We Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's those lungs. This is an acoustic. Yeah, it sure isn't. Um, but it looks like a certain streaming service is telling you it is. Well, we gotta listen to that guy. He's got a guitar shirt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's talking about. He cares about uh, preserving and archiving music um, accurately. As you were a podcast about Alkaline Trio, every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. This week, it is a bonus track from This Addiction. That shouldn't be a bonus track. Whatever could we be talking about? We could be talking about a lot of songs with a description like that. In this case, it is those lungs. I like this song, David. I, uh, I'm glad you do, Tim, because I've always really liked this song. And uh, it's when I feel like a lot of... Well, I mean, I think it starts on the album prior, but it's when a lot of Dan's best material starts getting shunted off to the deluxe edition uh which began with uh agony and irony um as two of the songs i like best from that session in my stomach burned as the house they're over there and then on this record there's uh this song kick rocks which i don't like as much but i think is good and would have been a better placement on the record Mm -hmm. um but this one in particular is about as energized as and uh unified and ex- and excited as the band sounds during this entire recording process uh it, which makes it pretty notable and notable that it's not on the album absolutely and it starts right out the gate with that intro and i just love the way it pops it reminds me so much of just that golden era of good morning mm-hmm. and crimson dance songs um it's really energized and i think that that is probably the best word to apply to it because you have those starts and stops at the beginning and you go right into a very very strong verse With that opening line, like, God Mm -hmm. damn. Well, I mean, I was not sure how you were going to feel about this song. I I was ready to extol its merits no matter what. Because I think the thing that um, I could see being a sticking point for people, especially I assume this song was new to you, Mm -hmm. uh, is that the the lyrics could be a little... um, I don't want to say generic because I don't believe that, but with what he kind of sings about on this addiction and a little bit on my shame is true. And then I would say a lot of bit on is this thing cursed and, and even that most recent EP, there's a lot of songs about him being a little, a little drunk, a little dried out, a little reckless, a little mm-hmm. foolhardy, whatever. Um, but I think this is the best of them. And I think that first line really kind of snaps you in and I think there's just, it's, this is, uh, God, I feel like Dan would probably hate this. It's almost Skiba-esque in the way he's twisting some turns of phrase into fun new ways on, on this song. Totally. There's, I think he does sort of outdo 
mad at its own game in that I think that that's totally fair not to not to say that you know Matt invented the the thing but I think it's there's there's something really magical that happens just in the opening 25 seconds of this song and that mm-hmm. in- includes that first line and I think just the way that Dan sings it with such conviction it's a little bit of a higher register for him too so I think just like the pelting out of those notes the way that they come out of his lungs mm-hmm. is just one of the it's it's one of those beautiful things that you just hear it and I think it's pretty hard not to be like cool I'm I'm along for this ride yeah and I think the stop startiness that's going on and the shifting tempos I could see someone not liking because you know uh, but I'm I'm very drawn to that type of stuff I like that mm-hmm. thing and I think it's done super well here I think it all feels very natural and you know, what you're saying about that kind of golden era um, dance song of, of that like kind of early to mid 2000s period is, yeah, the strumming pattern of this is very evocative of an every thug needs a lady of, of that type of thing. But it's it's got a little more bite to it. It's it's mm-hmm. a little less. Um, I don't know. It's just it's dialed up a little bit. And I think that's kind of a cool vibe. Um, where it, it's kind of borrowing a little bit of that, like, drink, drink, feel but i think doing it in such a different way where it doesn't feel like they're retreading something they've already done which is right difficult to do yeah and i like the you know and every thug needs a lady it's got that herky jerky thing so that you can play a real down low verse in this one it just boom it just pushes through keeps the pace going up and then you get at the end of the phrases you get back into those off-tempo things which are just really nicely placed Mm -hmm. um lyrically um it's just it it works it doesn't feel too fussed over no and we know that that was sort of the ethos of this addiction uh for worse or for worser but in this case i think that you start out with such a solid base you're following your intuitions on these tracks and i think that that's what might what might have been the missing piece or missing element of this addiction was they're trying to do something that feels you know like a return to something we got to have a solid foundation to start on and this is one of the cases where they do and they don't get in their own way yeah i mean i think that kind of really hits a lot of it where it's just like i think so much of this just feels genuinely inspired i feel like all the parts really fit well together and they're all pretty different um we've talked about some of the songs kind of from this era and immediately following it where it sounds like they had cool parts, but just didn't know how to string them together. Mm -hmm. Um, Worn so thin, which we just talked about being a kind of prime example of like having cool elements, but the way that song kind of stumbles and the way it picks up the pace and drops down, I think is doesn't really cohere, but here, this 
on, on those lungs, I feel like everything is locking together in a way where there's some pretty, I don't want to say they're not particularly wild decisions, but the amount of stops and starts and changes and, and, and just the way they're kind of messing with the pacing so much without having it feel like you're like being broke out of the rhythm it mm. is pretty impressive to me. And I think more than anything, it just has a very good chorus that like is very straight ahead and just kind of very much just like giving you the sugar rush you want without feeling again like a thing they've done before or too derivative of something else it's just like wow you had a good vocal melody that kind of carries the part uh the harmonies are really nice here Mm -hmm. and that's enough to sustain it and it's also just like because you have such kind of busy verses it's kind of nice to then just sit with that while you're doing it and then go back into kind of a busier verse Uh, and yeah, I just think it's, it's probably my favorite chorus from the collection of material that's presented as the deluxe edition, this, this great acoustic song we're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. There is a really beautiful flow to all of it. Like you said, I think that the chorus, um, it, it just feels like, the natural progression um i think that there's i don't know it's it i um i like that this is sort of a um story about just like coming home and like what that's like what that you know what the differences are between being out on the road passing out every night Mm -hmm. and then coming home and just like settling down Mm -hmm. i think is i think the way that he presents it here is super engaging and it gives you this insight that i think is like really nice into kind of has to come home and like get all of this energy out and it ends up happening in one night (laughs) yeah like it'll be normal soon enough I like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I think that whole it's just very it's very effective, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's a like touring I miss home on the road song, but it doesn't really I think initially I think it feels more applicable to other people's lives of like missing people and like mm-hmm. you know, uh I I think that's what makes it really effective and I think you know now to kind of actually talk on the other end, it was always very frustrating to me because at that time when this record came out, you know, I feel like there are a lot of people who were kind of turning off of the band, not unfairly. Mm. Uh, and it was hard because I wanted to, you know, knowing these songs, which I only had on a fucking like CD version that happened to have them. And this is before, you know, like readily available via streaming. It was hard to like, tell people like oh you should check out those songs because it's like yeah i guess you could download them though not Mm -hmm. everyone does that or knows how to or you know there is a barrier to entry there but the kind of like bonus stuff from this always made me want to be like no like there's more they haven't totally lost it right and it was kind of hard to evangelize about it because if this song was on the record it would be a lot easier to be like oh well just check out that song uh, mm-hmm. or these few but they were kind of buried 
on a record that that was a little more uneven um at least for me so weird i don't i don't get it why why are they buried why are they not yeah and it's also just i think you could get away with that type of stuff and a little more even you know five years prior where Mm -hmm. people are still really buying physical so those kind of like deep cuts or deluxe edition b-side songs could exist in that way but i think now more than ever we don't live in a world where like b-sides really exist like it's either like on an album or it's just a streaming single like there's no Mm -hmm. there is no this type of thing anymore and i think this is one of those releases that kind of suffers from the fact that it's like coming out of the time where the way we listen is changing the industry is changing and like i think this kind of era stuff is going to have a lot of stuff like that lost because this was kind of built in a more old school model um and now these songs are just kind of tacked on to the end of the record um which is also not the best way to consume them in my opinion uh and i think mm-hmm. they i think they did a little bit of work to kind of rectify this with the broken wing 12 inch ep Similarly, those are, I think, just tacked on to the end of My Stream is True on Spotify, um, which doesn't really do them a great deal of service because I think with anything, you know, though I love plenty of music that's long and slow and fucking 70-minute albums and shit, for a punk band, that's a big ask for a record to be like 50 minutes. And when when you have these streaming things, like even if these songs are good if that's track 13 and you've been listening for 40 minutes, it may not hit you as well as I think it could. Um, and yeah, I, I just have always kind of lamented the fact that like this song has not been given. I think it's just due. And I still don't think it is like, I don't know if they've ever played this live. I don't think they have. Um, yeah. And that sucks. I would love to see it. Yeah. That's one of the things I was going to, ask you is did this ever come up in a in a show that you saw and to hear that you haven't seen them play it live is it's i don't know it's baffling yeah like and it's also kind of frustrating too because um they you know a lot of the stuff that they kind of put into the deluxe editions the the agony and irony songs this i would say even the the broken wing songs they haven't really played. I haven't really played at all, to my knowledge. But I know that when Dan does solo touring, sometimes he'll be like, "All right, I'm gonna do Burn Is the House with the band," and, and we'll mm-hmm. bust out some of the songs because they are good. And I think a song like that, I know, has a lot of love for it. Um, but again, I think it's just the difference in that coming out a couple of years earlier, where people like, you know, they'd be walking through a Best Buy potentially and be like, "Oh, do I want?" the regular version or do I want to spend $3 more and get seven more songs? Mm-hmm. And now some of that stuff isn't archived online. And some of that stuff just like, it's not hitting the audience they wanted it to. And, and I think this is all an argument for what I've said so many times is like, they need to be putting their best foot forward on these albums. And I think they've just kind of the past decade, they've been a little, confused about how to do that they come with more material than they need for a record or want for a record and they make some weird selections of what actually goes on and what doesn't or in the case of is this thing curse just kind of put everything on 
and you know it's like they forgot they could just put out a seven inch or an ep after the fact um Mm -hmm. and i'm hoping maybe they're getting away from that but who can say that's all speculation totally totally um i do think that the second verse here is a little like all right i don't need i don't need to hear about how you wish that you could have been a sailor in 1942 that to me feels like filler material um i don't know i kind of once it (laughs) once it gets into that second verse it's kind of like all right this is definitely a everything is down gotta get some i gotta put some words in here so i can get back to the chorus here yeah i mean that's definitely the weak spot because that is the most like them kind of writing to a template at that point because i've brought up before like this addiction has so much fucking nautical imagery on it and it's just like what are what Mm -hmm. is inspiring this like what is going on like it's on basically all of nan's songs it surfaces like off the map fine like definitely have that um I feel like some of Matt's songs have it. It's very odd to me. Um, now I'll immediately go back on that point and say, I don't like the ones you called out, but I, I like the fight, the good fight. God damn. I'm going to miss you part. Like, I think, I think his delivery of that's really good. And has always made me be like, okay, like I didn't like what preceded this, but you kind of, you sing that with enough conviction where it saves it for me. But it is just the fixation on like, ships and water and raging seas is Mm -hmm. very odd i don't know what where that's coming from yeah i think what gets me is that we we start out with um you know out waiting for a wind swell and then all of a sudden it's like oh you're like i'm like a sailor in 1942 and it's like yo i think they figured out how to move uh the ship uh without the wind at that point mm-hmm. so let's mm-hmm. let's stick to uh let's stick to one century for the boat that we're on i mean it's it's very tortured it's it's just i mean because it but it shows that there's not really a full understanding of what they're even reaching for yeah um yeah. and i think that's yeah like are you in a fucking like old ass like sailboat or are, are you going across the sea on a fucking like air U five, seven, one, you know, like those are two very different things. Um, Uh uh, and like, yeah, I do think it can be a little cheesy comparing, uh, touring to like the throes of war. Um, but like, I get that that's not really the point. It's more the sentiment of like being away and, and it, for this, for this cause, whatever it may be and, and, mm-hmm. and missing people. So like, whatever I can forgive some of it, but it's the, the second verse, not as good as the first. Um, and that is, that is kind of a bummer. Cause I, I like the feel of it. And I, again, I think his vocal performance is very strong. I feel like he's singing it all. Like he really fucking believes it. And that helps. Yeah, totally. But yeah, what he's saying in there is a little like, eh, a little choppy. Mm-hmm. But all things considered, I think that 
this is this is a good track that like really does for the most part maintain its momentum for especially for how hot it comes uh from the beginning we almost go four minutes on the song and it it doesn't drag too much no and i think part of that is i feel like the bridge is very strong and very well constructed Mm -hmm. and leads nicely into the chorus and i think it's just the back half kind of you know bridges are a weird thing because it's like i think about it all the time when you're working in kind of conventional verse chorus song structures is that a bridge is just kind of there to be like well we've got to do something different yeah we can't just do a b a b out um Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's like what are we even doing here? This is like not tethered to anything we've done. And it's, it's why I love uh, songwriting. That's a little more linear. Cause you can just, you don't have to worry about that. You can just put things where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one I think is pretty well done. And on a record where I feel like a lot of the bridges are super, super simple to the point of like barely being written. This one actually kind of, commits to just like all right we're gonna really break it down and i i think the guitar parts that kind of rise with it are really nice and again uh dan's vocal performance here really nice uh him hitting those the the title of the track at the end i think is really good and it sets back up into the chorus well and it's just like man like you're singing your ass off on this song in a way that like i've not heard you do in forever it's it's pretty wild yeah this song like weirdly knows that it's hot shit right yeah insane insane it's so strange because it is just like you wouldn't do that if this wasn't a song you wanted to play live and fucking belt that part out right like Mm -hmm. this one feels like it was written for a live setting and for a big sing-along and like that build feels really good and that's why it's just always always frustrated me that it is where it is because ultimately i feel like this is kind of a it doesn't really fit in with this addiction and that's because i don't think this addiction is very good or Mm -hmm. very ambitious and this almost feels more like a test run for what some of dan's songs would be on my shame is true and broken wing where he is kind of playing around with those pieces a little more but it's like yo this is the highlight put it on the album like this should have been on the record should have been a single although they i think they maybe did two and one of them was the title track which makes sense whatever um but i just don't understand why they didn't lead with this in some sort of way because i think it would have caught people and i think it would have made people who were a little cold on them in the years prior maybe be like huh well i I like that good morning sound you know like i like that type of Mm -hmm. thing this is this is closer to what i dig and maybe it would they would only like the song or two but like i think you even a song or two is enough to keep people checking you you out you know like people will kind of keep dialing in to be like all right you know like i liked a couple songs i'll give this new one a go and i think they Mm kind of did the opposite thing where they just kind of kept i don't want to say phoning it in but this addiction in, in certain parts of my shame is true. It felt like an album rollout by numbers where it was just like, 
Well, the first single is the first song on the album, and we're going to do one video for it, and it's Mm -hmm. not really going to get serviced to radio, and I, yeah, that's just about it. Like, I don't know. It's, (laughs) it it just didn't feel like there was a lot of investment from any party involved, and that sucks. Yeah. Especially for a first release for the new imprint on the label. Either way. Yep. What do you rate it? This one gets a big old four from me. I'm going to give it four as well. Um, total, total surprise to hear um, a song that was immediately like, oh, this almost feels out of place within these uh, within these bonus tracks on this otherwise forgettable album. At least there was a diamond in the rough. Neil Diamond in the rough. As you were a podcast about Alkaline Trio. Every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. This week it was those lungs. And we will be back next week to talk about another song by the Alkaline Trio. And we invite you to join us. Uh, rate and subscribe on your podcast player of choice. We have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash as you were. We just recorded a fun little bonus episode about the forays of the drummers into the song writings. That's exactly how it went. We also have our patrons vote on the songs that we talk about. And uh, yeah, I think that's what we're going to be doing next week. Yeah, there's not many left, so it's going to be a tight race. I love a tight race. I love a tight bod. That's why we do this once a week so that I can check out Dave's tight bod. Mm -hmm. I do push-ups before. I really want to feel jacked. (laughs) We'll be back next week. We look forward to it. See you then. Thank you, friends.